Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. there you are welcome along to the latest episode of the hooked on podcast you've actually caught me right in the middle of watching the 2015 royal rumble match i haven't got to the end yet and no spoilers but i think daniel bryan is definitely going to win hello everyone welcome to uh, this latest show and i've got with me my usual co-host my friend confidant and trusted colleague paul benson how you doing paul i'm very good thanks rob how about yourself uh i'm uh, i'm a bit annoyed actually because you're up in blackpool Swanning around with the uh, the great and the good of WWE, and I'm uh, stuck here in Devon. I wasn't able to come and join you because of, uh, if anyone doesn't know, uh, I'm my in my real life, I'm a media officer for Plymouth Argyle Football Club, and we we went and drew with Liverpool last week, which means we've got a replay during the week. So I'm uh, up to my eyeballs in that job, but I have found some time to uh, uh, to listen to you um, and uh, for you to explain to me how what I'm missing, quite frankly. But uh, I believe uh, you've got a you've got a guest with you, Paul. Yes, I have. I'm lucky enough to be joined here today by the presenter of Sportachino, uh, Mr. Richard Parr. Hello, everyone. Good to speak to you all. It's great. Great to have you on, Rich. And, uh, but just before we get into anything, I want to, uh, want to know uh, if you can remember. Do you remember when you and I first met the very first time? Oh, see, when I think of you, I think of Nando's. <laughs> end up eating. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess Wembley Arena, but I can't remember. Yeah, it was actually Earl's Court, uh, and it was. I, now I think about it, and it's literally just come to me as uh, as we started the show. Was uh, it was on Paul Benson's birthday? There you go. How what a nice good knowledge. Good knowledge. Little bit of trivia: Shawn Michaels versus John Cena at Earl's Court. They said it went an hour. It went just under. But when they put some ad breaks in, it was uh, it made the hour up. But the, uh, that, as far as I'm aware, is the first time you and I met, and it was a uh, quite an auspicious occasion, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I was shouting a lot for Shawn Michaels in that event. I think I lost my voice, actually. Well, you've regained it now, which is a, a good thing. And uh, Paul just mentioned uh, presenter of Sportachino. Tell everyone uh, what that's about, because it's uh, quite a new venture for you. Yeah, it is. So we're a live sports breakfast show. We go live on Facebook, on Periscope and on YouTube every single weekday morning from 8 GMT. And we cover all things related to do with sports. It could be health. It could be fitness. It could be reacting to the weekend's Premier League games, looking ahead to games, maybe getting some betting tips. And we also cover wrestling as well. We cover uh, all the big pay-per-views, previewing them and then giving uh, giving reviews of them on a Tuesday. Fantastic stuff. And it's... um... I like, I like the idea that wrestling can be included in, in that sort of bracket. It's, it's always been nice. that I've, I've been involved with a, uh, I think called Sports Tonight Live once upon a time, and that was quite fun to do the wrestling stuff. But, you know, they even sort of pushed it out to one side, didn't want wrestling to be associated with sports. So kudos to you to, uh, for getting that in there. Because, hey, it's on Sky Sports, so uh, why not fit it in there as well? Exactly. So you two are both up in Blackpool as we speak. By the way, we're not going to do any spoilers at this point, but we're recording this Sunday afternoon, so after night one of the WWE UK tournament and before night two. But without giving anything away, because I would imagine that uh, plenty of people are going to watch you know, one after another on the network, uh, what's it been like so far, boys? 
Well, um, it was obviously uh, the first night of the tournament last night, so without giving any spoilers, last night we were... I just said that. You didn't say any of that. You just wasted 10 seconds of everyone's life now, because I I just said that. So, yeah, it was the the first round matches last night, so we got the first eight. I said that as well. This is ridiculous. Wrong. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just, just repetition, Rob. Just okay. repetition. You're the, you're the you're the pro, not me. Um, yeah. So we uh, we got we got eight matches, um, and we got to see obviously everybody on the card. The venue was magnificent. Um, I'm told it looked great on TV, although we haven't watched it yet. Um, and it was it was as good as you can expect. There's only so much you can do with um, eight first round matches in a tournament. We were just before we came on air, we were liking it to the World Cup qualifiers. Oh, yeah. And as good as those matches can be, it, it's not the World Cup finals. Um, but I thought they did a really nice job with the presentation. It all just took it very very seriously, um, and I, and it, it, the atmosphere was. Was, was was relevant to the occasion. It, it was really treated like a, the massive deal that it is for UK wrestling. What do you think, Rich? What was your thoughts? Yeah, I like the way you mentioned it being like a World Cup final. So then who's your Ronaldo from last night? Who's my Ronaldo? Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate. Okay, I was I was quite impressed with, with Trent Seven. I think they, that's someone who, who could go quite far in this tournament. Not that I've given something away there. But, uh, <laughs> spoiler, not spoiler. Spoiler, not spoiler. Uh, yeah, I think they gave everyone kind of a, uh, a moment to shine. Even the ones who, who don't go through to the following night, they, they got a chance to show what they could do on, a, on the big stage. And I think when you compare it to, say, 205 Live, there's people who went out in the first round there but still ended up getting a job. So it just gives them a, a chance to show what they can do on, on a bigger global scale. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big shop window, I think, this. That's a bit of a cliche from the football world. But the fact that, I'm going to be honest, I mean, I've never been necessarily the biggest uh, student of British wrestling. Um, we hope at some point to get uh, uh, Patrick Lennon from the Daily Star onto this podcast, who, by the way, I think is avoiding us a little bit. We, we have asked him to come on, and he's not come on yet. I, I think he knows that when he comes on this, we are basically going to get final proof that the slam on Sports Tonight Live was better than WrestleTalk. But we'll worry about that another day. <laughs> but Pat knows a hell of a lot about British wrestling. Uh, and so I would bow to him in, in terms of knowledge of, of the sphere. But I don't know all that many people that are on this um, on this roster for the UK um, Championship. Some of which I've heard, some I've heard of, but it's not many I've seen live. Even fewer I've seen, uh, sorry, not many I've seen in, you know, generally and even fewer I've seen live. But um, it's a real chance for them to, to step up and shine and impress the right people because, you know, we've all seen that WWE are willing, you know, to go with guys like Jack Gallagher and Niamh Dar and, you know, and give them that kind of spotlight on a global scale. So this is a hell of an opportunity for some people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, what Richard asked me about um, the Ronaldo of last night, I'd never seen Tyler Bate um, wrestle before, um, either in person or on TV. So I, and I'd heard great things about him. For a 19-year-old, it's freaky how good he is, both in, in, in terms of the mechanics, but also the way he, he engaged the crowd. Probably, I'd say, better than anybody there last night. I just thought, you, you didn't look like you were watching a guy who wasn't even born when I started watching wrestling. It was scary. It's come along at such a an apt time. I mean, whether it was deliberate or not, whether WWE saw what was happening with um, the world of sports special that was going on ITV and, and the fact that there's, you know, quite a lot of, um, you know, British promotions that are really out there now pushing themselves. Look at ICW attracting so many people um, on, you know, into that Glasgow show and beaming it around the world as well. It's quite an exciting time. Um, Rich, you've, you're someone that's worked all over the place, you know, in different parts of the world. Do you feel that British wrestling is really sort of pushing itself out there now and then more and more people are taking note? 
yeah, I think people are, are taking it more seriously. You know, you mentioned ICW. You've got Progress in London. I've not been to Progress. Why? Because I can't get a ticket. It's always mm. sold out. Whenever I want to go, I'm, I'm too late. So I need to really plan ahead if I want to go to one of those shows. You also, yesterday, Drew Gallagher, uh, Drew Gallagher, Drew Galloway announced that there's going to be a show with Spike UK, which is going to happen on January the 28th. I believe Kurt Angle is going to be commentating on the show. Um, that's just showing everyone's trying to get a slice of this pie right now. And as Triple H mentioned, they were not planning to do this show quite as soon. But because World of Sport did theirs, they've they put theirs out quicker. So there's definitely an appetite for it. It's really interesting. And it's good because there's, like Hugh said, I didn't really know any of the people involved in uh, this event for WWE UK Championship. But it just shows that even if you don't know them, there's quality talent in the country. There really is. And I think um, I, the analogy that I would use in terms of the amount of wrestling that suddenly on this, I mean, there's always been a lot on the scene, but that suddenly, you know, in the forefront and that people can get hold of via apps, via their TVs, you know, however it may be, is that, you know, I live in quite a small town, but we've got loads and loads of antique shops and people actually genuinely come to this town to look around because there's so many. If there was one or two, then those ones would have the, the niche. If there was three or four, they'd have too much competition. But because it's about seven or eight, people come in from far and wide to, to actually come and, and see them. Now, that might be the first antique shop wrestling analogy that's happened since, uh, you know, probably the latter days of WCW Nitro. But... <laughs> I do think that there is, well, but even saying Nitro, the fact that the ratings for each of those shows was way higher when they were competing against one another than they are for anyone now when there's no competition whatsoever for WWE. I know there's changing times and how viewing figures go. It's not an exact science, but I think it will be a good thing because if one, one person gets hooked on, say, um, World of Sport, if that, if that becomes a regular thing, um, or via the WWE UK one, they'll start to get familiar with people, they'll start to want to watch more, and you might have people that aren't necessarily WWE fans or American pro wrestling fans that end up watching people like Rev Pro and Progress or whoever else it is in person and these other shows and almost just become a British wrestling fan and want to watch so much because it's going on, and that is another great positive. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we use the term when we were talking about yesterday, a rising tide um, raises all ships. Um, and it's so true because you know you, you're gonna you're not just competing for the same slice of the pie here. You're gonna be making new fans um, that can spread themselves all over British. <coughs> Everyone's gonna be a winner um, if if this boom carries on. Give us your um, insights from uh, from being up there live, not just the uh, the show that you've been to, but uh, have, have you got to uh, to bump into anyone? Any good stories from uh, from the, the time up there so far? We well, yeah, we actually bumped into Michael Cole in a lift this morning. We're really? Motel as the crew. Um, we were in the gym this morning, bright and early, and uh, Finn Balor came in to do his workout. Um, at that point, out of shame, uh, I left. Um, because the weights, the guy was lifting on his injured shoulder were about twice what I was doing at full capacity. Um, and then on the way back, Michael Cole was just on his way uh, to the gym, I think, in his gear. And all I can say about that, guys, he is ripped. And he certainly didn't use... When he was actually actually wrestling, when he had his couple of wrestling matches, if you can call them that, he, uh, that was part of, the, uh, part of the gimmick that he wasn't, wasn't it? Oh, uh, so. He's obviously been changing, changing his tune in the last couple of years then, because if you put him as he is now up against Jerry Lawley, he'd actually... Oh, it's purely on visuals. You'd make Michael Cole the favourite. He's ginormous. <laughs> uh, good for Michael. I like, I like Michael. I, um, he gets a bad reputation, I think, from a lot of people for uh, basically just not being JR. But when allowed, <laughs> when allowed to be, he's a great commentator. And he's also a nice guy. He was... Um, 
uh, as I mentioned on the podcast a, a couple of episodes ago, um, I was a guest once on the, on the JBL and Cole show and um, met the two of them in London when they were over here. And uh, Michael was good enough to provide an interview for me when we did the um, uh, the one-man show with JR with PSI Events. And uh, Michael was very good, got back to me very quickly. I called him up and we did an interview and uh, he was very sound. So someone I've got a lot of time for. So I'm uh, uh, pleased in shape and uh, he's uh, very involved in, in this as well, which is, you know, for the fact that people like... Finn Balor, Michael Cole, Triple H, William Regal, you know, are all over here and taking an active interest um, in doing this kind of thing. It doesn't feel like it's a throwaway niche thing that they're going to stick on the uh, the network. The fact that there's you know some reasonably big players coming over to support it is uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And for just a quick one to give Michael Cole all the props in the world for opening last night's broadcast with the words "Good evening, Grapple fans." Nice, nice, <laughs> yeah. nice touch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think the, the, certainly the, the temperature here is that this is a very serious venture. It's not a one-off. And it might, you know, we're not going to get suddenly get a weekly British show from WWE this time next week. But from talking to all the guys within the organisation that we've, we've been lucky enough to meet this week, the intention is absolutely and seriously there to make this a, a thing as soon as possible. Absolutely. Rich, any uh, final thoughts before we move on to some uh, some other topics? No, I just want to talk a bit more about Michael Cole, actually. I, I wonder if he really said to Triple H, I want to be involved in this, I want to do this show, because, you know, you've got Mara Ranello, who's got the background of being in MMA, and when they did the Cruiserweight Classic, they got him on board, and I wonder if Michael Cole was actually saying, look, you're really pushing Mauro Ronello as as the guy of authenticity of when it comes to making wrestling feel real and to the real hardcore fans. And I wonder if Michael Cole said, actually, don't put me in that box of I'm the guy from Raw. I'm Vince McMahon's mouthpiece. I want to show that I actually know about wrestling and I can do everything like it. I haven't watched back uh, the, the show from last night, but I think that's probably why I wanted to get involved. That's a very good point, actually. I think Mauro is one of those ones that... I've not quite come to grips with him yet. I think his commentary is good. I think his knowledge is fantastic. He obviously seems to strike a chord with a lot of people. But it's it's his voice. I just listen and go, is that your real voice, sir? It just sounds like he's constantly doing a sort of a silly impression to me. And it's a, it, it kind of takes me out of the moment. I hate to say that because you kind of, that was always the thing on JR. Oh, no one will take him seriously because he's Southern. And you know, that doesn't really necessarily happen. But I just listen to Mara and go, please talk a bit more sensibly. <laughs> it, just, it just annoys me. Maybe it's just my hang up. I don't know. Am I being yeah, a bit paranoid? It's probably the Mamma Mia. And the uh, <laughs> and the tope suicida. <laughs> yeah, I think there's the uh, there's that as well. Um, right, we've been talking Royal Rumble just lately, uh, Rich, on this podcast, and it's nice to have uh, you along to have an, a different uh, sense of um, you know different outlook on on the Rumble possibly. What's the the first Royal Rumble that you can remember really really getting into as a wrestling fan? Oh wow! Oh, that's going to take me back. Uh, probably the one where Bret Hart and Lex Luger both went over together and they landed at the same time and they showed it from the different angles of that they both landed at the same time. Uh, I think that's that's the one which I really got into. And then there was also the ill-fated one, which this isn't one of my first ones, but I, I do remember it quite vividly, is when Channel 4 did the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. and decided to insert um, advertising breaks including in the middle of a rock promo when he was at his damn hottest. And it was like, the, the rock could say every cliche, just repeat them all over again, but I'd still be glued. And when they cut him in the middle of the promo, I was so furious. 
I, yeah. I nearly wrote a letter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I, I think that was, um, yeah, that, well, that was 2000, the, the second one you're mentioning, uh, 1994 being the, the Bretton Luger one. No, I, I, not only do I remember that Channel 4 thing, I remember it being during the Rock promo. I'll even go so far as saying I think that's the first time that he turned to Kevin Kelly and told him to go fix himself a glass of shut-up juice. Yes. But I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I may be wrong on that. But uh, um, I think two contrasting rumbles that you, you've just said there. And where you can say some some similarities and some differences in terms of the Rumble match, I think '94 and 2000 very very similar in the sense that almost certainly only two people could win. It was either Rock or Big Show in 2000, or it was Brett or Lex in '94. Actually, three of those, or in fact, all four of those in some ways won because um, Rock won in 2000 and it got reversed, and obviously both Brett and Luger won in '94. But those were ones where I kind of felt that. There was only really two, it was a two-horse race going in, and, and so it proved. Mm. What about this one, Rob? Is is, is there a two-horse race, or, or do you think it's open for everyone? Well, as we've been going along, you know, over the weeks, things start to you know, change your perspective. But I think you could make a case for um, several people, and, and indeed we have done um, here on the Hooked On podcast. I think that realistically... I mean, we all know that going into a Rumble that there's only a certain brand of, uh, of wrestler that, that really is likely to win. But we've been talking, Rich, about the, um, uh, the nature of the surprise entrant. And I don't mean the, the, the boogeyman, um, honky-tonk man kind of uh, surprise entrant, but the, the, the returnee, so the, the Edge, the John Cena, um, those kind of ones that, that have come back. And the fact that you've talked about um, Finn Balor there being in the gym up in Blackpool, you know, maybe in two weeks' time, you know, he's at the uh, arena in San Antonio and he's, a, he's an entrant, if he is... He's, a, he's got a chance. I would say if there's certain things that you want to plug Undertaker into for WrestleMania, he's got a chance. Um, maybe even in our wilder dreams, someone like a Shinsuke Nakamura that could also be a contender. All of those necessarily aren't in it at the moment. Then you've got, you, you've got Brock, Goldberg, Seth Rollins that are entered. You don't know really what's going to happen to some of the people that on the night may lose a, a match. Let's say the loser of the AJ Cena match might also be in the Rumble. Um, and there's plenty others besides that you know I haven't even got into there. So I, I think it's very, a lot more open than, than normal. Mm. My wildest dreams is a returning Kurt Angle to return and win. That that would I would completely mark out if that was to happen. So that is a wild, wild dream. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, with, without um, uh, bringing Kurt into it, have you got uh, one or two ones that, that make some sense for you? The obvious one is The Undertaker. Um, I think that's where everyone's kind of looking towards. Uh, what I was reading today is, while a lot of people think that it could be Undertaker Cena at WrestleMania, apparently Vince McMahon, according to Dave Meltzer, isn't too keen on that idea and would actually rather push someone more for the future. Of course, there was uh, a couple months ago, people were thinking it could be AJ Styles versus Undertaker at the Rumble. So could you potentially be looking at something like that for WrestleMania? The other one, which not many people have been talking about, been thinking about, is potentially could it be Chris Jericho? You know, I think we're definitely leading to a Kevin Owens Chris Jericho match at WrestleMania. That that makes the sensible booking sense. So could Jericho win it, and then finally he gets a shot at their Universal Championship? I think that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, again. But what they might do is they might get Reigns to beat Owens and, and they can just take their feud that way. So I, I think I don't think Chris Jericho's won the Rumble before. And, and certainly I think he it would be a great thing to have on his resume. And, and I think someone of his caliber, uh, it would be fair if he was to win it. 
No, he hasn't won it before. I'm trying to work back my uh, my years. I think it was 2013, I think, maybe 12, when um, uh, Seamus won. Jericho was uh, strongly rumoured for that one. I think that was when he, he returned on the uh, end of the world as we know it promos and his first match back was uh, was in the Rumble. I think that's the that, that era. Um, and he looked like he was going to win and, and Seamus won ultimately. But what a fantastic thing it says for Jericho that in 2017, um, I'm saying 17 years after his first Rumble, that he's Jericho is a genuine contender, and probably as much as he's ever been, with mm. the exception of, of that Sheamus match. And if he were to win it at the age of, I believe, 47, 48, something like that, no one would go, oh, one of these old guys winning it again, because Jericho is so good and has been so excellent over the last little while. I tend to think that the nature of Owens versus Jericho feud, is, which has been kind of light-hearted, um, I think it would be better suited a bit further down the card than being a, a major title encounter. And indeed, I sort of feel that even if Jericho wins the Rumble, um, the chat about the Rumble winner being in the main event of WrestleMania um, will be even more undervalued because I think that would still end up being about fourth or fifth down because whatever Cena does, what other Undertaker does, whatever Brock and Goldberg do, you know, is almost certainly going to be put more to the forefront. So I just kind of feel that Jericho Owens is likely to happen um, either for the title that Jericho gets his way um, at the next pay-per-view or it's not for the title itself and the, the Reigns goes on and wins that but I certainly think that if Jericho you know in two weeks time is the one with his hand raised at the end of the night then it will not only be a great moment for him but also it would make a lot of sense when when piecing together who's going to win a rumble and predictions like that we're always looking ahead of Wrestlemania and, and who's going to be facing who and then you can kind of work it out from there with that in mind where do you think they're going to put Roman Reigns at Wrestlemania this is nice, Paul. We've got someone actually that's um, a host of something. Have you noticed this? And he's asking me questions. I've noticed. Yeah. I, 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 quite, I quite like it. You can tell. I'm this trying is... to get from you so I can work out my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that was by no. It was by no means a criticism. I really liked. I've got it. To, I've got to go you into a little secret, and that Rich is feeling deeply hungover as we uh, <laughs> as we sit here now. A few too many shandies pre and post show. Um, so we've, he's doing a fantastic job of actually forming a coherent sentence for us today. Uh, that is un fair to mention that to him because <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I couldn't tell that so you dropped him right in it now I'm, i am going to answer what was the I question try, i try <laughs> to promote health healthy lifestyle on sportacino but never mind we can talk about me drinking as well you asked about roman is that right that was what it was the question yeah. wasn't it um we had uh, john canton on the show last week um a uh, very fine uh, broadcaster from uh, from over the pond and he was explaining his theory on that braun Strowman would win the royal rumble and that would be the, was that was right, wasn't it, Paul? It was Strowman would win the Royal Rumble and um, would face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Roman with the title, you know, in the Hogan role, slaying the big giant, um, you know, your uh, your sort of your earthquake, your King Kong, Bundy, your Andre um, sort of figure. And so it would get Roman that bit bit more over by uh, beating the big guy. Um, whether that still applies in 2017, whether the fans would go for that, I don't know. But certainly, if you if you be if you're dispassionate about that kind of thing, then it's a it's a story that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think we're starting to look at a, a WrestleMania card if everything fits together. The fact that Cena Undertaker being less of a possible now, at least according to Meltzer, starts to throw things um, in you know, spanner in the works a little. But it's almost like the the card will look after itself, but we just don't know where the title will be, or the titles, I should say. So I think Roman versus um, uh, Roman versus Strowman, which is a sentence I like saying, um, I think is 
a very strong possibility when you think how Vince thinks. And when you start to put together other people and where they go and who they go with, um, there's not a lot that fits. The um, the missing man, as we kept saying last week, um, is AJ Styles in the sense that there's no real obvious AJ Styles feud unless we see a Finn Balor return to win the Rumble or um, uh, someone like a, a Nakamura or someone like that gets plugged into an AJ battle. But I suppose there is, you know, if Strowman is not as, you know, as high on Vince's agenda as he seems to be, maybe he's just there to be a, a pillar of the Rumble and, and for someone to look good by getting rid of. Maybe there's an AJV Roman thing in there somewhere. I know they're on different brands and it's about different titles or, or whatever, but I, I, it wouldn't shock me to have... Um, Reigns win the title, AJ lose his, but then AJ enter the Rumble, win it, and challenge Reigns. I could see that happening. That's it's a bit far fetched, but you know, the I keep forgetting that there's a brand split, and I keep forgetting that you know it's not as easy to say him versus him because of that. But there are ways around it. So um, I like, I really like the fact that at this stage things seem to be so open. I don't feel like I'm going into the um, to the Rumble in a couple of weeks' time thinking this is so obvious. I'd quite like to see a returning Samoa Joe and then eventually uh, an AJ Styles match at WrestleMania. I think that would be uh, it'd be good if they were to be given a WrestleMania moment like that. Of course, they've had so many fantastic matches at, at TNA and just give it to the audience which haven't seen what these two guys can do together. Yeah. When yeah. you mention Strowman, that makes a lot of sense to me with um, Roman Reigns. But I get annoyed with WWE of them building up these monster heels and then actually don't fully pull the trigger. We've seen it with Rusev. We've seen it with Wyatt. We've seen it back in the day with Umaga. We saw it with the, the returning Prince Albert with whatever character name they gave him then. I can't remember. Lord Trainset. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where you build them up and then ultimately they're going to get slayed by Asina and, and now a Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns is kind of what Vince would like to be the scene of the brand, even though it still isn't working. And if they're going to make Strowman win the Rumble, if they're going to make Strowman face Roman Reigns, let him win. Really go full hog. Don't just do this, all right, we're just building up another guy, and then we don't know what to do with him. A bit like Rusev, or we'll just stick him in the mid card, and we'll make him go on a, a, a run, and we'll get him killing a few more jobbers, and then we'll get him facing someone quite good and lose again. And we've got to keep rebuilding. I if they're going to do this with Strowman, go the full way. There's there's a lot to be said for that. I think that's a good point. You mentioned um, Joe and Styles. Maybe even Joe and Roman is is something they could go a little bit of a Samoan heritage thing that they could uh, they could tell a story between those two. Um, plenty of uh, options there. Um, Paul, um, just give us a quick um, quick plug, mate, on how everyone can uh, can watch the Royal Rumble because it's nice they can watch it wherever they are in the world on the WWE Network. But we'd really rather they watched it with us. Yep, absolutely we would. Now, as, as avid listeners of this podcast will know, um, we're doing Royal Rumble parties up and down the country on January the 29th. So we're going to be um, in London at Walkabout uh, in Temple, um, which is right there on the River Thames on the district line. And then we're going to be doing shooter sports bars um, in Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester, Cardiff and Birmingham. Um, tickets for all venues absolutely flying out of the door. And indeed, table reservations in London um, are sold out. Uh, very, very close to being so in Leeds and Manchester, probably sold out by the time we get this on the air. Um, so I'd advise everyone to, if you haven't got your tickets and you want to go, get 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 on there now, get it done. 
Absolutely, they're always uh, good fun. We won't go into the uh, the masses of detail that we often do on uh, on these podcasts. You can listen back to uh, older ones and indeed future ones to uh, find out more about the Knights. But they're generally uh, great fun. They add a lot to the uh, the viewing experience. Uh, Rich, you'll have to come and join us for one of them uh, at some point. It'd be um, uh, good to have you along. But um, just uh, just a quick final one. Are you going to give us uh, a one person prediction if you had to put yourself out there now for uh, for who's going to win the Royal Rumble? Uh, I'll, the sensible one is Undertaker. Okay, Undertaker it is. Um, Paul, we're sort of we're holding back from that a little bit, aren't we? We're going to do our predictions a little bit nearer the time. We have the uh, the benefit of uh, being back again and again and again. Um, listen, boys, in, enjoy your uh, weekend up in Blackpool. Enjoy your final night tonight, and uh, you know, be sensible, but uh, not too sensible. Do you know what I mean? Well, unfortunately, um, I'm driving straight after the show, so I'm being very sensible. Um, and Rich, being the healthy, clean living guy that he is, um, <laughs> is also going to be taking it very seriously. I, I believe. Contrary to what I said earlier, Rich is actually a teetotaler um, with, with somewhere between a 4 to 7% body fat. Um, so, yeah. No, no, no beers for us tonight. 40% body fat. Did you get the, um, the post I sent you? I sent you a, a nice brand new podcast recording device, Paul. Um, so if, uh, if you do bump into, especially for Triple H, so if you do bump into Triple H, you're to accost him, do a quick five-minute interview, uh, and we'll put it in in the future. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely fine. Yeah, no problem. I'll just use my access all areas pass to uh, to go and find the guy. <laughs> now we actually we actually missed him by ten minutes in the lobby yesterday. Just to just to very quickly wrap this up because I think he deserves it. A friend of mine is um, here to watch show. He's called Richard Young. Friend of the show. Hi, Richard. Coming to our party for the first time in January. Um, and it, a friend of his is actually here with his daughter, who's here for a birthday weekend. And as part of that birthday weekend, they've brought her a wrestling ring birthday cake. Um, and had it here yesterday and they bumped into Triple H in the lobby who was absolutely delighted to be able to present the cake to her so he came around the corner cake in hand with candles on to present this cake Lucha Underground cake actually um, to this little seven-year-old girl um, who's a massive wrestling fan and the picture that I've seen of it it's one of those where you can imagine how an amazing moment that would be for a seven-year-old. It's one of those things she's going to remember for the rest of her life. And Triple H is insanely busy this weekend. Did not need to do that, but was happy to take 15, 20 minutes out of his day. So I feel that deserves an absolute massive thumbs up. Yes, it does. And I think um, lots and lots of things I hear about Paul Levesque, the man, as opposed to Triple H, the wrestler, always seem to be uh, quite classy in my eyes. So, uh, so good for him for that. Um, like I say, enjoy your final uh, final evening. Everyone can watch the uh, WWE UK tournament uh, on the WWE Network. I'm personally holding back so I can uh, watch a couple of episodes in a row. Uh, and you can listen to all of the episodes on the Hooked On podcast on SoundCloud. Um, we are getting it on iTunes very soon, we hope. Um, that will make it nice and easy for you. But uh, we will have a couple more editions of this before the Royal Rumble. Uh, so as we get a little bit more forensic in what the card will be. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you, uh, Richard, for making your debut. We'll definitely have uh, you back in the future. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. And uh, for the uh, the AAA pass, showbiz Paul Benson, I'll, uh, I'll speak to you soon, sir. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Good stuff. I'm, uh, I'm off back to, uh, to watch the end of the uh, 2015 Rumble. Then I'm going to uh, have the 2014 one on for my delectation. I think that punk lad has got a future and is going to be around for some time. Take care, everyone. <laughs>